is a Bridger. Mine at last. Hello, welcome back to the Waffle Press Podcast. We're here to talk about Star Wars Rebels. We like Star Wars here. I did a retrospective on it. Nick and I also did an older retrospective on it. Say hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. We're not in the same room today, but that's okay. Because we had to get together to talk about a pretty big series finale. I don't watch a lot of television anymore. I got too busy, and I wish I had more time. Because it took me a while to get back on the train for Star Wars Rebels in the first place. Um... Nick, how did you come across the Star Wars animated universe? Uh, I first started watching it with Clone Wars. Same. I I got it. I got into it with Clone Wars. I enjoyed Dave Filoni's uh, start beginning works with that first animated movie that they did. Everything else, uh, I actually am on the other side where I actually enjoyed the animated movie. The Someone had to. Tano. I enjoyed it. I, I like the introduction of Ahsoka Tano and, like, Rex and, like, the clones and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of where I got started with it, and then uh, as soon as I heard about Rebels as being a new thing after Disney bought them, I was super excited to find out that Dave Filoni was going to be working on that as well. Yeah, uh, I also watched Clone Wars a little bit, and then I think I've talked about it on the show a couple times, but just to reiterate... Didn't like it at first, and then I grew to love it so, so much because Dave Filoni clearly gets Star Wars, whether it's yes. like the, the swashbuckling adventure nature of it or the spirituality side of it. He, he, he's a, he feels like a, a natural successor of sorts to George Lucas. I think there are a couple people that are yeah. working with him that, that feel that way, but he's up there too. Absolutely. I, I do feel that um, Star Wars Rebel, Rebel, I mean not Star Wars Rebel, Star Wars Clone Wars is the definition of hit and miss. When it when it misses, it it just it does not it does not hit the mark at all. But when it hits, it it just hits like it is it is some of the greatest Star Wars stuff that you will ever like be able to watch or to be a part of. Yeah, I actually feel that I I even tweeted about it once I finally finished it that like I think ninety percent of that show hits. I know it, it has a reputation for being a little hit and miss because it's, it's like there's lots of standalone stories. I actually prefer yeah. that a lot, especially because we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about Star Wars Rebels officially. I think uh-huh. that that could have benefited from some of this when it wasn't always hitting. Yeah. Not, not, to com- not to com- compare and contrast. They're two very different series, but I feel that, oh, that structure definitely benefited that for that series. Not only that, but also I really do f- – I, like, I, lo- I like some of the episodes. I mean, the Jar Jar episode, it, it, it's a little bit lacking. But, I mean, I love the different episodes just going into, like, spending an entire three episodes with the clones. You know, finding – which are spending an entire time with, like, an entire squad of clones that we never got to meet inside of the actual, like, trilogies. I mean, inside the saga, and now we're getting the time to know the clones, we're getting time to know who they are, what they think, how, what the personalities are, the fact that clones aren't just, you know, just clones that just follow orders and stuff like that. They're people. They they live, they breathe, they think, and they have their own personalities. Yeah, uh, actually, one of my, like, the episode that caught me most off guard, like, I don't think it's even, like, my top, like, ten favorites or anything. There's just an episode in the Clone Wars where... We're following a unit of droids, and the whole yes. arc the whole arc is okay, like it's fine. But there's one episode where they're stranded on this planet, and it's mm-hmm. just like this 
expressionistic painting like that's in all the backgrounds and it looks like they're really playing with like a lot of like visual art styles and it was so cool like i didn't yeah. care that the story wasn't like exhilarating in a classic star wars way they were doing something totally different and that was great and i i i think clone wars like it showed what star wars could do which arguably uh hasn't fully been capitalized on yet in a lot of the medium and so that i was i was a huge fan of clone wars and uh I, I couldn't wait I, for Star Wars Rebels, actually. Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it just because of seeing, like, the episodes they did with uh, Delta Squad and stuff like that. You know, just meeting five random clones. They're, they're learning how to be, clo- how to be fight, uh, soldiers inside of their, in, like, their academy and everything like that. Finding out that there actually is a clone academy and stuff like that. And then finding, and then you going through their journey and then slowly... Spoilers, but I mean for a show that's been out since the early 2000s. But like you still, you start seeing them kind of get picked off in this war, and it's fuck and it's tragic. It's like you you made a connection to these clones, and then as they fall in in this war, you care. You you you're, you're really sad to see them go. Yeah, that that series got really dark, and like I, it's kind of incredible how dark that series gets at times for a kid's show like not just people dying oh yeah but like what it deals with like war profiteering and how oh, essentially yeah. the series builds up to a movie where everyone dies basically that's crazy yeah, uh, it's insane yeah, not only that but also it, it goes into that whole like there there are moments that like where it, the, the, like people are so close to figuring out Palpatine's plan, you know. There are moments where like the like if if this person is able to talk to this person, then the entire series would be different, and it could change everything in the Star Wars universe. And then something happens that stops them from doing that, and it just destroys it. It, it, it destroys you because you're like he was so close, he could have stopped everything. Yeah, yeah, and. uh there in that series, I think it it really um, definitely feels more more tragic than like wheel spinning, and uh, not to not to just start off with negatives, but I, I probably will. Star Wars Rebels at its best never felt like that either. It was it wasn't pushing the medium like in a bold new direction or anything. Yeah. Until the end, I would argue, but uh, it like the first season when it first premiered, I was such a huge fan. I still am a huge oh. fan, obviously, but, like, I think that first season was structured so well narratively because it's really about this team, like, mm-hmm. forming as a unit and then becoming more than just a unit and becoming a little family, but also essentially kicks off a galactic-wide rebellion. Like, there are little pockets here and there, but they're the mm-hmm. ones that really make the mark against the Empire for the first time in, like, a decade or whatever, yeah. right? And yeah. that was... That was great. I was so excited to see this explored in, in uh this is before Rogue One too when it premiered. And so that was yes. that was kinda nifty. Yeah, and I, I, I really did I, I, I think that season one by far is one of the best seasons uh of the series. Uh I do think that, you know, how it's structured, you know, going into like Sabine, Zeb, Hera, Kanan and also uh, Ezra's like backstories and like giving you all of the meat of like these characters and giving you to care, you know the fact that they're just kind of they're just kind of you know scoundrels and you know they don't want to really get involved in a war, they're just trying to make ends meet and they're trying to you know they're stealing what they can and they're trying to help people out. That's it. They're not really trying to be a rebellion. They're just trying to survive. Yeah, and when they get 
dragged into the the greater conflict in season two, that premiere is incredible. You know, like oh, it's yeah. a total game changer. I I would say that even the season finale of uh, season one is a game changer. The minute that you find out that there there's a there's an ex Jedi who is the one that's dealing with all of like the rebel the rebellion. You know, she's the one that's kind of like communicating with all the rebellion and kind of like making this counter offensive as Fulcrum. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was great, and um, I I was very optimistic for the series and I the series. I'm going to kind of be a little harsh on it, but it's never been less than watchable or decent. I, I really? Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, I would never say there are any, like, outright bad or terrible moments or episodes in the show. Really? I, 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 I don't know if I would agree with that, but I would say that there, there may not be, like, great scenes. Because uh, I, I, I think there's, like, amazing scenes in season two. There, I mean, in season two, there are some of like the best scenes, you know, like the uh, Ahsoka Invader scenes. Uh, anything that has to do with Maul, really. I mean, uh, they they turn Maul from being this one note character from uh, episode one, where he only had one line in a badass battle with Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi, into Clone Wars and gave him more of an arc, and then into Rebels and then made him even more of a badass and just kind of went like, oh shit. Like, this guy is awesome. Like, I love fucking Darth Maul. I love... Well, not Darth Maul. He's just Maul in this. Yeah, just Maul. Yeah, just yes, Maul. But uh, I loved him in Clone Wars, and I that was fucking baffling. Like, I didn't ever expect... That was the biggest surprise for me in that show, I think. Like, being yeah. fully invested in a, a character that's, like, so compelling now, and I just never would have imagined that. And I love yeah. his ending in Clone Wars... and uh, Rebels, but... I, I think where the show started to, to run into issues was when it was not three seasons. Because there's a clear, like, arc over the course of the show. And if you look oh. at, like, season two and season three, and season four, the beginning to an extent, like, um, there's really great stuff in it, but there's also yeah. a lot of other stuff in it. And there's, like, little, there's tidbits sprinkled here and there for characters and ideas and themes that are, ca- carry out the show... But they're really spread out, and it, I could just imagine, like, someone tightening this all up and it being fucking, like, the perfect Star Wars show. Because it, it's it, there's a lot of lo- little nooks and crannies where stuff's slipping out. Uh, characters kind of just spend episodes doing, like, one-off mission things. Yeah. Most of those, like, come back in the long run, oh, which do. is nice, but... Like, uh, some, like something... Space Whales. Yeah. Space Whales come back. That got a lot of criticism. I guess, and I I thought that was super cool and dorky and perfectly Star Wars. So yeah, I I thought that was perfectly Star Wars. Uh, the space whales coming back in the season finale. I mean, the series finale of like, oh yeah, we're just gonna bring back fucking space whales. Why not? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was gonna hop around season two, three, four, but on, I, to further my own point, I don't know if there's actually that much difference between them in quality when they're really good, because like no. you said, the the Darth Vader stuff is is incredible. And um, that's a, that Wrong. that introduction and like his stuff in season two is great, but then he's not in it a lot, and it's not like a case of like, well, I want him in everything. It's just I didn't feel he was used to his best potential, and the same for I, Thrawn. I I think I, I think it was also a matter of James Earl Jones is extraordinarily expensive. Well, yeah, <laughs> for sure, but and the, and I, that I was, was and that was a big thing. 
that but I I do like the idea of having Vader because I I didn't I I didn't really want them to keep on bringing up Vader. I didn't want Vader to keep on like I I felt like Vader had better shit to be doing than dealing with this small band of rebe- of rebels. You know, why yeah. not send in Inqui- like send inquisitors? That's what they're there for. Like obvi- like the Grand Inquisitor by far is one of the greatest villains in the show. He he has some of like the, the most awesome scenes of just like deconstructing what the Jedi are and going into like there's no difference in them. Like I just chose a better like this path is only going to get me what this path got me to survive and that's the reason why I chose it. You know, and a Jedi is it's terrible, especially knowing that the Grand Inquisitor was, you know, he was a guardian of the Jedi Temple. You know, he was there when Anakin destroyed the temple and everything like that, and he turned over and he turned to the dark side. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. I just didn't feel that he pushed the narrative like against Ezra to like help him grow as much. You know, no, like, but the thing that, is that's that, there. Like it's, it's totally there. You're right, but yeah. I don't. I don't think it. it it brought out the right kind of conflict to help Ezra grow in that My way. My thing is that I don't think the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor was meant to help Ezra grow because he's, he's more there to help Kanan grow. In season one, it's more it's not necessarily Ezra and Kanan, uh, Ezra who's the main character. Ezra is the, is, the, is the person that we're supposed to connect to. He's the kid that's being taken on to this journey. But the Grand Inquisitor isn't meant to teach Ezra. He's meant to ta- teach Kanan on what it means to be a Jedi, to, you know, to come back to the Order and, you know, to embrace what it is to be a Jedi, you know, for a man who threw away everything and kind of, you know, abandoned his Jedi code to, uh, which ought to become a smuggler and to do whatever it took to survive. And now to, I need to take an apprentice. I need to teach him the ways of the force. I need to do what my, what my teacher did for me is that's what I think season, I think that's what the Inquisitor is there for. Maybe, but... I don't. I feel Ezra's a little un- underdeveloped in the first season, and after that, Ezra starts to really grow, and then I'm a big fan. Uh, but well, let, the, let's let's go to the very end. Let's let's go to see where yeah. all this ends up because there's a lot to talk about in the middle. But we'll get to that. Um, and the series finale was a three parter, technically, right? Uh, two. Two parter. Okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, they had they had three part. It was. I mean, the four the four episodes that it was. I mean. The, the episode before it was much more of uh, dealing with the de- the death of one of the of uh, one of the ghost members and then they go into you know very much a a, ha- a, a straight shot for the end. Yeah, and I really like that pacing because it just it never lets up, and I really yeah. like how they they brought everyone together for this this final battle, and there there are there are losses on both sides, and uh, it it was a fantastic finale. Um, I I I loved it. I um, I I think that it's it's such a it's such a great tease, and even Dave Filoni said it himself. Like, if you guys are interested to see what happens to Ahsoka and Sabine, maybe we might make it. Which is a uh, yeah, that's definitely what we're like planning on doing. Yeah, I I, I kind of like that. Of uh, honestly, that might be like the least interesting thing to me. But I I don't mean that in a negative. I, I really like pretty much everything that happens in this finale. And uh, I totally want to be, that to be, like, the next series. Like, I don't want it to be a book. Dave Filoni is clearly the TV guy. Not to say yeah. that he couldn't be more if he wants to do something else, whatever. I'm just saying, like, you, you got something special here. You cannot replicate this easily. So let him tell that story how he wants. 
Yeah, not only well, I mean, not only that, but also anything that has to deal with Ahsoka uh, has to go through Dave Filoni. They, uh, what was it? That's that's like one of the that's one of the things. If you're gonna use Ahsoka in anything, you have to go to Dave Filoni and ask his permission. So, because I mean, that's his baby. He's he's grown her since she was a little Padawan in that little uh, in that hour long movie that everybody doesn't like except for me. To you know, going away with Sabine and looking for Ezra in the distant galaxies, you know. Yeah. Uh, so let's just talk about that. That that's a pretty big thing to end on. Uh, for Ezra to sacrifice himself to save his planet, which which yeah. was nice. And then you, of course, will find out why the Empire was so interested in the first place. Why the Emperor wanted uh, Lothal in the first place. Because there's some fucking Jedi shit that could yeah, rupture it... the timeline. I mean that, and I, I liked I liked the idea of that. Not only that, but also I mean it was it, they were they were mining for kyber crystals as well. I mean that's another thing that they were doing, but like that was the that was the main thing is that there was a portal into this light dimension, like this force dimension, and it's so interesting to kind of see because uh, this is brought back in season. It was actually introduced in season one, which is super cool. Not only that, uh, in the season two premiere, the former governor of Lothal, when she's like begging the rebels to get her out, and then they go on the rescue mission, she knows something, and they never find out what that was. It, it was clearly this. That that's a really cool wraparound. Yeah, it's been it's been teased, and it's so interesting because uh, even Yoda tells Ezra when um, later on in season two, when he goes back to the uh, to the temple, and he can actually see Yoda. And he's like, well, what is, what is this? Like, how is it that I can see you now? And he's like, because you've, you've become more connected to the Force. You know, with your connection with to the Force, you're, be, you're being able to see a lot more in here. You know, and, and that's... And it, it's so interesting to kind of see, like, once he's fully connected to the Force, the things that he can do. And, like, see and what it means to be a Jedi and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that was really touching stuff. I think um, what what he was willing to do to save his planet and his friends like that that's a huge amount of growth for a character like that who kind of starts out like honestly pretty whiny and like kind of uh, a little too headstrong and that's that's fine you know i mean that, that's this is a character trait there's nothing wrong with that it's about how you use it and this show used it very well to help him become a mature young man and fulfill his his fate and uh i uh, i love grand admiral thrawn as a villain, like since his inception, since I, I became aware of those books, that, that is a fascinating Star Wars villain to me because mostly he, because he's so different and he's not in touch with the Force. He's just a cold, calculated, maniacal son of a bitch, and who will stop at nothing. Uh, some of the greatest, I mean, some of the greatest scenes in season three and season four was seeing Thrawn break shit down. Of like, well, this is what they're gonna do. This is who they are. This is you know based off of like what they've done in the past. These are the things that they're gonna do. You know, this is where their base is located because of you know using star charts or because this is you know they broke in here to erase a specific area of a star chart. So obviously it must be in there. You see a lot of what Thrawn can fucking do and why he's so menacing and stuff like that. To be totally honest, I would have loved and I think it would have been awesome if they would have brought Thrawn way earlier like if Thrawn was in charge of that entire section that sector and like they were just dealing with Thrawn the whole fucking time because I think more Thrawn is always fucking better more Thrawn is always better and I kind of like that idea 
But I also get the thing where they're like, all right, in the first season, the villain is the Grand Inquisitor. Second season, we got Vader. How are you going to top Vader? Well, you really can't because it's Darth Vader. But we got this other dude we haven't used in a while. So let's just put him in this part of the timeline instead. And that was, oh, that was, that was great. I know some people wanted him, like, after the original trilogy, like, in the books. But I think, I think this is just as good. Or at least interesting. I don't think it's just as good, but it's interesting. Well, the thing is that, because uh, I, I, was, I was watching an interview with Dave Filoni, and Dave Filoni actually says, he goes, well, I mean, Ezra's not, if Ezra's not dead, you know, he's out there in the galaxy. Thrawn's not dead either. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Thrawn, he goes, we never saw Thrawn die. He goes, it, you know, it's the same thing with Ahsoka. We never saw her die, so that doesn't mean she's dead. You know, so he may still be out there in, like, a distant galaxy causing mischief there. I really, like really that. hope I, that's the case. And I was like, that's so fucking, like, oh my god. Like, you set up for so many things. Uh, just, like, you put so many pieces on the board where you're like, well, I mean, if we get the opportunity, we can connect this piece here, we can connect this piece here, we can do these things. And you can do different stuff. And I love it so much. It's, it, it, it leaves the imagination open. And even if he doesn't come back and, like, let's say Thrawn is dead, his comeuppance mm-hmm. is so brilliant because it's it's a guy, like I said, who doesn't have any attachment to the Force whatsoever. He needs to understand it. And, like, he needs to understand, understand all the, the cultures and the species around the galaxy. But the yeah. fact that Ezra knows, like, that's the one thing that, that Thrawn just can't fully wrap around yes. ends up getting wrapped around by it, literally. And that, oh my god, that is fantastic storytelling. Um, yeah, it, it, it's fantastic, and I love I love seeing, you know, story the story arc with, like, Zeb and Callus. you know, how that got finished off. Oh, that was great, how, how he realized he didn't actually commit, like, a full-on genocide. Yeah, like, he, he realizes that he didn't commit a genocide, and, like, the, the, the pe- like, his people are living very good on, like, a different planet out in the outskirts of, like, the, of the universe and stuff like that, and, like, just that moment of, like, tears coming down Callus' eyes as, like, he's being welcomed there like a fucking piece, like a part of the family. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, that was really great stuff. That character, the way he grew was, was really fantastic, too. Uh, yeah, but to your, to your uh, point... Really quick about, like, how they planted all these seeds for everything. Here's my thought on that. Oh. They're going to do another series with Dave Filoni. And they're oh, yeah. going to release it on the Disney streaming platform. Oh, that's... that's that's. I, I don't think they're going to go uh, XD anymore. Yeah. No way. I think that was the whole reason why uh, Season 4 was so rushed to get out. Yeah, they are like, fuck like, it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, that, and you know what? That's very true. They they did. They they were very much sending it all out and doing, and they were trying to get as much of it out as possible. But I do think that if they are going to do another Star Wars show of any kind, of any kind, I think they're either going to put it directly to YouTube or they're going to do it to on their on their streaming uh, center. Um, why would they like, do, wait really quick? Why would they do it on YouTube? Well, they've been doing it for their Forces of Destiny. Oh, okay. That that's different though. That's like two D flash animation. I, I, they're they're cute. Yeah, I but, like them, but that's that's totally different. Yeah, but I mean, hey, the the more things that they can get it on, the the better. Not only that, but also I I really enjoy Forces of Destiny. I think they're really cool stories. Yeah, me and too. Stuff like that. They're they're for little kids. They're cute. Not only, not only that, but also it did kind of fuck me up though, because I knew that Hera had uh, survived to Endor. 
because of Forces of Destiny. I was like, okay, well, Hera can't die because she makes it to Endor. Oh, okay. Well, because well, because one of the Forces of Destiny is all about Han going to Hera to go get food, so that way the Ewoks don't eat the stormtroopers. Oh, that's hilarious. And like Han Solo has to admit that the ghost is faster than the Millennium Falcon in order to get the food. <laughs> like, like that's the only way she'll she'll let it go is if he admits that the Falcon's not as fast as the ghost. Oh, that's great. And oh, so I, need I was to like, see that one now. Yeah, so I was like, oh, well, obviously Hera has to make it to, uh, which has to make it there, and then there, and so and some of the some of the forces of destiny was kind of like, okay, well, this character is safe. Like Sabine meets up with uh, Jin Urso uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, it, it was kind of it was very interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I knew a couple I, of characters. I like that. I, I knew some characters were safe if they wanted to at least make those make sense. Yeah, well, I'm I'm cool with that honestly, because like, I, I'm not a like when someone's like, who's gonna die? Like, fucking Walking Dead or some shit. Like, that's not really like, the big draw for me, you know. And apparently, it's not the big draw for anyone watching Walking Dead anymore. But uh, <laughs> but like, I I I like these characters a lot. I like these stories and I like these adventures they're on. And well, what what did yeah. you think of uh, the? I mean, spoilers if you. I mean, if you haven't fucking yeah, this this thing's full of spoilers. Go crazy. I know. Yeah. Um. But I mean. What did you think of uh, of Kanan Jarrus's death? Very good. Probably could have been a home run if someone like Thrawn was more directly involved, I feel like. I, I know that that might sound weird, but because that character is so, um, like, maniacal, uh-huh. I feel that would have given it a certain edge. You don't need it by the finale, but I think uh-huh. if they really wanted to get the blood boiling, like, even more so, because the Empire's still responsible. It's not like they're fucking, like, oh, whoops, you know, it wasn't an accident. But yeah. uh, it feels almost a little too indirect, if that makes well, sense. That, that's a minor point, criticism. I think it still works really yeah. well. I, I, really, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the I mean, I, I enjoyed it because I felt that if Thrawn was involved, Thrawn would have never blown up those oiled those uh which are that platform you know it it was basically all of their all of their uh fuel for you know plant for the plant for doing any of the tie fighters i think thrawn would have just let him go and stuff like that like it was too dangerous and stuff like that just let him go we'll catch him another day yeah probably but I, i'm i'm not saying like i wanted thrawn to kill him in that scene i'm saying like a, a different circumstance where where that yeah. happened because this one feels just a little messier well, I, 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 I would I would argue the fact that rebels in general is pretty messy. I mean, yes. Yeah, a lot of their, yes, it is. A lot of their, uh, a lot of their situations are pretty fucking messy and stuff like that. And, and I mean, it's a great show, but there are a couple episodes where you know by the end of it, I mean, it, and not only that, but also twenty minutes is very quick. Yeah, it's just, maybe a little, maybe a little too quick sometimes. Yeah, twenty. Because I mean, sometimes you would watch it. Sometimes in Rebels, you would watch an episode, and then it would cut to the credits, and you'd be like, "Wait, it's already over? Like, wait, what? What did we really get done here? Like, nothing got done in this episode. Like, we met, we met whales, or you know, we we tried to get oil. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah, and like on on paper, this is like the shit for me. This pa- this yes. this show is you you. I think you know my sensibilities pretty well. This was yeah. this is this is fucking made for me. And it still is. It's still really good, and I still really like it. And I might poo-poo I it once in a while, but just because we've also seen on the flip side 
how consistently good it was and could be at times too. Yeah. So like, you know, I just, it's cause I, I care about it that I wish it was all that good throughout its entire run. See, and, and, and that's, and that's what's really important here is that, you know, just to see how awesome, I mean, to be totally honest, I, I thought Rebels was way more, uh, which was so engaging and I, I just, I couldn't stop watching it. You know, uh, it, it's great to marathon. It really is. Oh, yeah, totally. The home run stretch I did on season four. Yeah. That was great. Season four is still probably not the best. I think season one still is my favorite. But oh. dang, that was fun. I mean, to be totally honest, I, I really like season two when Ahsoka Tano becomes a member of the crew. And then you also go pick up, like, Rex. And, you know, you, you, you pick up, like, these characters from, you know, Clone Wars and stuff like that. Because I had a really strong connection with Clone Wars. I really enjoyed it. So to kind of see that these characters not only survive the Clone Wars, they've survived this long, but are also major por- major parts of uh, the Jedi legacy and also Rebels. Yeah, yeah. I Season 2 and Season 4 are pretty much neck and neck. I'll give the edge to Season 4 because it's shorter, though, and less wheel spinning. Because towards the end of Season 2, I felt like, oh no, where where are we going with this? And then the season finale happens, and it's like, well, I don't know if it all makes sense in retrospect, but that was amazing, so whatever. What do I know? Well, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it just because you finally got a you, you finally got a confrontation between, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin, or and Darth Vader, and stuff like that. It's, it's, it, and especially since if you know Clone Wars, it's the first time that they've actually spoken or talk to each other since uh, they since they left each other on Ma- on Ma- on uh, Mandalore. Is that technically canon? Yes, it actually is. They okay. uh, the last the last time that they were uh, together was on Mandalore. Okay, so for people who just watched the Clone Wars and Rebels, though, the last time they spoke was technically the temple. after her trial. Yeah, at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, a part of the uh, if you read uh, the Ahsoka Tano book, it goes through like what exactly she'd been doing and stuff like that and it says that uh the reason why ahsoka and rex weren't involved in episode three is because they were fighting maul on mandalore for control yeah and And, uh that's i would have been so fucking ecstatic to watch that episode done oh yeah no that that was dave filoni's plan that was that was the that was the finale yeah yeah we talked about that that before on the show that was gonna that was gonna be his uh his series finale of uh clone wars and i think that's so interesting just kind of just not only that but also to see you know just to kind of go like oh shit like that would have been an entire thing of rex and ahsoka trying to escape the clones as they're trying to murder them along with the mandalore uh, along with mandalorians who are also trying to kill them it's it's a fucking cool it's a it's a really awesome scene in the book if anybody can go if you guys can go check out the Ahsoka Tano book it's fucking awesome go check it out I'm honestly glad she's still alive because they all basically almost wrote themselves into a corner with how that character was like used in season two not that she was ever dull or boring I just mean like the confrontation between her and Vader because she's not in the original trilogy it's I think everyone kind of went in knowing, like, or thinking they knew that she was going to die at some point. And that didn't happen. And I am so happy that they figured, like, it, in some ways, it's kind of like, like, if I if I hadn't seen it and someone just told me, like, oh, yeah, they used time travel to, to save Ahsoka Tano, I'd be like, 
That's fucking some, what? That's <laughs> fucking stupid. This fuck this show. <laughs> Time travel and Star Wars. Give me a break. But uh, then you watch it and you're like, oh fuck, it's great. You know? Yeah. Then and 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 for some reason, when you're watching that that like little scene, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know why I think, <laughs> and this this goes to uh, the Dave Filoni thing again. Because Star Wars, the best of Star Wars isn't the space battles, isn't the politics, isn't the isn't just the the cool special effects. It's the the emotional truth to it and the emotional like honesty that the characters have with with one another and the world. Because you know the Force is basically just the feels. It's it's the feels. That's it. And I don't mean yeah. that of like like to like to uh to be deductive or reductive about it, but like. If you buy into who these people are and the stories that they're participating in, you're you're basically in. You know, I mean, like we talk about all the time, like whenever we see each other now, like how the Last Jedi gets a shitload of flack. And it's like, well, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, if you believe like the emotions these people feel, like then you believe their connection to the Force. And once you're in that, you know, like it it's you know, like before before Empire Strikes Back, no one fucking lifted up a lightsaber. You know, and then like like literally telepathically did that, and then Luke does that in the opening of Empire. You know, the Force is this weird nebulous thing that basically is whatever writers need it to be, as long as they <laughs> explore what it is. What it means. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really did I really do like that. I mean, I I also love the idea of that episode is a nice way to not only show you what the Emperor wants on uh which on Lothal. It's also an explanation of what happened to Ahsoka Tano. It is also a great, great scene to see Ezra get over the death of his master. You know, and it shows his grief and his pain. And it shows that he would do anything to save his master. And he he wants to save him so much. And just to do the same thing he did for Ahsoka. Pull him out of the situation. And Ahsoka even says, if you do that, you and Hera die. There's no, yeah. there's no, he, he sacrificed himself so that way you guys can complete the mission. He did what he needed to do. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's some heavy shit right there. Yeah, it, it's, it's a moment where you, and it's the same, and it's, it's a moment that Anakin had to deal with as well, where he had to deal with, you know, the losing Padme, and he wasn't able to do it. He wasn't strong enough. And it's a nice little parallel scene. Like this is what it means to be a Jedi, to be able to let go, you know, to not to not crave it. And not only that, there's also a nice little moment where he gets to see his parents. Yeah, and that and that's that's another awesome scene. I fucking the animation team did awesome job with the Emperor. I think that in the final episode they did a fucking great job with the Emperor. They showed how the Emperor could be not only menacing, but he could be like the like the like the serpent trying to offer you the apple. You know, he especially just the way they designed him, where they made him look like uh, they they made him look like Palpatine. You know, uh, like a, like a, like your grandfather trying to tell you like this is what you could have, and then turning him into the Emperor. Like when everything when he denies him, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, I know that was oh my god, because uh, it's it's also like just funnier. We, I, I talked about it on the retrospective, but like uh, Palpatine, like when he turned Anakin, he was basically like you know all the ideas are there in the the prequel movies, but he basically in the movie just tells him like 
join the dark side and we'll save Pappy. I'm in. Oh, oh really? That's it? Oh, all right, great. <laughs> and then in Return of the yeah, Jedi, were... Return of the Jedi, he tells Luke, like, join me. He's like, no. He's like, oh, this was way easier last time. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we actually see him, like, like uh, almost winning him over to his side. Like, maybe not really, but, like, there's, there's, there's a fun back and forth between I, the characters. What... Well, because I, I feel like, because uh, I feel like Palpatine is a great, he's a great manipulator, you know, he, and I feel like even though Ezra was promised his parents, I don't think that's what he would have got. Yeah, you no, know? he's he's basically fucking fucked up genie. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like the monkey's paw personified. Oh, you you, yeah. you want uh, Padme? Oh, well, she she's dead. But look at, dude, you got this sick ass new suit. I can't run. <laughs> it hurts to breathe. <laughs> Every waking I'm, moment is pain. I'm always in pain. Why? <laughs> That's why and Vader's he, so fucking pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it actually, actually, in the comic books, it does mention that the, the Emperor makes uh, made his suit very uncomfortable. Oh, what a fucking dick. He, ma- he, he makes couldn't even give him, like, unlimited power in the dark side. He's like, oh, and here's a fucking cheap-ass suit. No, yeah, he makes the suit very uncomfortable, and, like, apparently it's, like, very painful and stuff like that, so that way, and, like, the explanation is so that way Vader can never forget the hate, and it will make him even stronger, but I just think it's a dick move. That's it's awesome. a super dick move, like, yo, Palpatine, we just created this, this fucking planet, this moon-sized planet destroyer, you gotta do something about, like, the oxygen intake in this thing, man. Like, I, I look at, fucking, I, I walk in, like, C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funds weren't there. They were going all into the into the into the Death Star. Yeah, so the funds weren't there. The funds weren't there. So I, what am I gonna do? Did you, do you see how many fucking ships the rebels blow up? I have to replace those. Where do you think the money comes from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he, the, the Empire is totally Republicans. He, he has a large overhead. Do you see how many people he employs? He has a large <laughs> overhead. Thoughts and prayers. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, uh, the, the the use of Palpatine in this was a nice surprise, because I actually wasn't aware that he was going to show up in the show. And I wasn't really asking oh. for it, so I was okay, but, like, it, I was, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, I mean, he showed up once in Season 2 when he was talking to Vader, and that was about it, and I really enjoyed, I, I mean, this, just seeing, just having that scene where the Palpatine is coming out, and he's just like, Ezra Bridger, you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like he's trying to he like he's a he's a fucking witch with like his cauldron and shit and it, it's it's a really cool scene i really enjoy it yeah and uh i i would say that it totally sticks the landing in its ending uh, with yeah, ezra I, shooting off the space uh the the rebels finally saving lethal and hearing that they never come back that's that's oh, I, yeah. that that really touched me for some reason i thought that was really beautiful I thought it was very. I thought it was really interesting just to kind of find out that while Ezra and Kanan were doing their things, that was, you know, you're you're just about to get. Because I think right when they free Lothal, is maybe a couple of months before the events of Rogue One. Really, the, it, it's it, like the timeline is very fucking short. It's very short, because even in uh, what was it? Because even in um the after thing it says like oh yeah like nobody ever we we prepared for a battle to to come back but shortly after you know the battle of lothal the death star was destroyed ah so so it's right. it's it's maybe only a couple of months before the events of episode of rogue one and episode four 
Wow, that's pretty nifty. Yeah, and then it goes and so which also means that which is very impressive that because Sabine and Zeb and everybody else was there, Hera was fucking flying the ghost during Rogue One by herself. Oh my god, she's flying it fucking pregnant too. <laughs> and pregnant. Holy shit. Which makes which makes it even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Tara's the best. She's just unstoppable. <laughs> Hera is a is bad at I I would really I I wouldn't mind uh, hearing more about where that child kind of went and like who who that kid is and stuff like that because like uh, well because a couple of other kids that grew up after the empire after uh, the Death Star blew up have shown up in the new movies and stuff so I I would like to I mean that would be a very interesting kind of like oh yeah like that's that's Hera that's Sandula, or that's uh, uh, that's General uh, Jarrus, or anything like that. Like that would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, there's more like like wartime stuff, I guess. But honestly, I I want uh, not to completely derail the rebels conversation, but like I'd want to see more Star Wars movies with like the small scaleness of the first season of Rebels, where it's not like up against like wartime stuff or like another evil empire on the rise. Like we're getting that with the new movies already, and I think they're doing it very well. I, I want yeah. stuff like, like just small little adventures. I want to see them go like on like space treasure hunts. I want to see them fucking do Seven Samurai, not the episode they did in Clone Wars, but like the full on like hey, assembling of the team. It's is a, it is an okay episode of, of that. I I I, 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 I fucking adore Seven Samurai so much. I'm never gonna <laughs> like be accepting of that episode because it only does it okay. <laughs> Like that's total bias, and I recognize that. But the uh, but I, I I I do I do think that you're you're right. I mean, Star Wars has so many. It's 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 such a big galaxy that you can do so many different stories and stuff like that. And I, I not every story has to be about Jedi. It has to be about like these people's connection to the Force. Like that's it, that that definitely is a very interesting concept and storyline. But I think being you talking about people who are normal you know normal people dealing with these super powered people is also really awesome to kind of like look into and stuff like that like look into smugglers like i i fucking love sabine and i love like going into like the history of mandalore and the different clans and kind of like how the leadership works and like how like certain clans bowed to the empire how certain clans didn't like that's so fucking cool yeah oh uh by the way i, I... I never talked about it, I guess, on this episode, but Sabine and Hera were my favorite characters, like, hands down. Oh, yeah. Like, I, th I always thought their stories were so compelling. They dealt with, uh -huh. I think, the most emotionally in, in terms of, like, what their stories presented. Like, Hera is basically, like, just trying to keep everyone fucking together and everyone's an idiot. <laughs> like, she's the only one who, like, has her head on the she, right way. She is very much the mother of the ship. Dude, she's the mother and the father and, and yeah. any any... Any leader of a family, she is that. Because fucking Kanan, I guess you could say he kind of is, but he's really not because he can be a total idiot too. Kanan, well, Kanan, Kanan, the thing I, is I like, like him. Is, I like him. He's, very, but... he's brash though. He can he can be very brash. Yeah. And, and he can do some really dumb shit, but I, I really do like the way that, you know, Hera, I, I, cause I, I like the episode where they go meet Rex and then Kanan is forced to deal with his hatred of clones. You know? Yeah, no, I like I, that stuff too. 
I I love I love that I love that I love because I mean all of the I mean all of them really get uh, all of the Ghost Crew get a backstory, or like how exactly or like what exactly happened, and stuff like that. Like that's really that and I like I like I like finding out that uh, she found Chopper, from a crashed X-wing. And like that's how she found Chopper. Chopper was uh, he was a droid in the Clone Wars. An X-wing crashed on uh, her planet, and she she fixed him up, and she kept him as a fucking friend. Like I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. It's, uh, it's, also, it's it's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, also, just to touch on something that Rebels is doing that other Star Wars properties really haven't like caught on with fully. Uh, oh. They they incorporated a lot of like aliens and robots into their crew, and even oh, yeah. know, uh, what what is what race is Hera? They're the um, Twi- uh, she's a Twi'lek. Yeah, the, the Twi'lek. The modern Star Wars stuff isn't really doing that in live action. They're not incorporating, like, new alien designs and stuff. And, like, I really like that. Like, I, yeah. I see people every day. People suck. Show me, like, fucking more Zebs, more Haras, more well, uh, I, fucking Ewoks. I know people are mixing the Ewoks, but fucking... My, I want to see my, fucking Ewok eat a human being. I, did you want to see Chewie rip off an arm? Yeah. That, that, that would have been kind of fucking tight, but... That would have been tight, uh, but it doesn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, it doesn't need to be in the movie. It, it's in the it's in the book, though. It is in the book. Oh, okay. They, they they did keep it in the book in uh in the Force Awakens book. It actually is there that Chewie rips off, uh, the dudes are. Yeah, like I'm just talking shit. Like I don't I don't actually <laughs> want to see that stuff. But I just I just no, want more aliens. But you know what? I I like the idea of them going back to Ralph McQuarrie's uh, artwork and going like, what characters, what concept of a character can we use? for a new alien race. Like, I like the idea that Zeb is actually the first design of Chewbacca. Yeah, like, that's great. Like, like that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. Like, why not do that? Like, that's, like, oh, yeah, like, let's bring it back. Okay, what did Ralph McQuarrie uh, draw? Well, let's use some of that. Yeah, and there's still so much untapped Ralph McQuarrie stuff. Like, I don't want them to just keep going back to that well, but if you are, there are far worse places to draw from, so... Good job, guys. That, like that, yeah. that stuff is just so gorgeous. Like I, I want to buy like a whole fucking museum and just fill it up with Ralph McQuarrie art. Like if you haven't been familiar with Ralph McQuarrie's artwork on Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, the Star Trek movies, everything else he did in his entire life, uh, fascinating artist. So go check out that stuff. Yeah, uh, he, has since, I mean, he has since passed away, unfortunately, but his artwork lives on. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean it's 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 some really cool shit, and I I I I I really do like the idea that you know some of the some of the stuff is like brought back, and all we're gonna do is we're just gonna kind of clean it up a bit. We're gonna make it a little more modern, and uh, change a couple of colors, and boom, there we go. We have a new character inside of the uh, Star Wars universe, and we have an entire new uh, what was it like race of people. It's badass. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. Um... A lot of this series is great, and I, I've I hope I've made it clear that even though I've kind of pooed on on some things that they've done, or I think they could have done better, I've I sincerely love this show, and I I love that Dave Filoni gets Star Wars, and I want to continue working with Star Wars. I will disagree yeah. with you, Nick. We've had this conversation many a time already. That I I don't want him to work on the movies, I because I, I I want the Star Wars TV shows to be comfortable still. If he wants to work on the movies, then I'll be like, all right. That's what he wants. But I I want I, these things to maintain quality. 
and I, that is you know, difficult. You know what? I, 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 I wouldn't mind if he had if he gets to direct uh, an episode of the John Favreau live action like series. I wouldn't mind that. Well, technically, that show still needs a showrunner. He's just executive producing. I would, I would love it if if fucking Dave Filoni became a showrunner for that show. Like, I, I get, get, keep giving him TV. He knows how to fucking do TV. Let him do it. Yeah, and uh, uh, th- th- this would also probably solve, like, a total other problem uh, that I have with a lot of TV shows is that they don't really set up, like, shots to, like, visually tell their story. You have to uh-huh. do that in animation, so he already knows what to look for, you know? Exactly. So that's, um, yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I'd also like a woman or a person of color to do it, or a woman of color to do it, because Star that'd Wars be- seems to be, like, allergic to anybody <laughs> who's not, like, a successful white guy. But what do I know? Well, I am not well, that. The- the, the the only reason in which I keep on putting Dave Filoni's uh, name up isn't because he's a white dude. No, no, he's fucking talented. Like, he's the guy. Like, I'm, 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 again, I'm, like, bringing up, like, important issue resume. shit, but also, like, yeah, Dave Filoni's a talented dude. I mean... He, his fucking... His, his resume... Because I, I, the, the main reason, going back to the issue of, I like, Clone... Because Clone Wars, like, I mean, Clone Wars feels a lot more, you know... We're gonna go on separate missions and stuff like that, and just kind of like you know we're gonna we're gonna feel out what the rest of the galaxy is doing during this war, and we're gonna do different stuff like that, and not involved you know Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Joda. We're gonna we're not even gonna have those characters in this episode. We're gonna deal with like a bunch of smugglers and shit like that for an episode, and I think that was mainly because George Lucas was so involved. You know, George Lucas was definitely the one that was like going like okay, let's do something new. He may not have had all the greatest ideas, but Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni knew how to get the ideas, turn it into something fucking awesome, and then give it back to George and go, what do you think? And I, I think that that shows in, in Rebels uh, with, um, what was it, with Cham Sandula, you know, uh, with uh, Hera's dad, you know, and I, I love kind of seeing these old characters from the Clone Wars come back and even talk these war stories from the Clone Wars. Like, I love, I love seeing that kind of shit. I, I, I really do love that, too. But I really just want them to continue growing into new territory. You know, like, like what they're hopefully doing with the Ryan Johnson trilogy and all the other Star Wars spinoffs after Han Solo. Yeah. Where they're, um, they're fully branching out like, all right, we're going to close off the Skywalker story now. Mostly because there's only one of them left. But now we're going to branch out into untapped territory. You know, uncharted potential. The undiscovered country to mix my, my sci-fi genres together. But I wouldn't mind like going out and then you finding like wandering Jedi. You know, like, uh, like people who have a connection to the Force that were just never Jedi. You know, they, they, they know the Force. They embrace the Force. They just not Jedi, you know, Maz Kanata's like that, uh, Ahsoka Tano is like that, where she's not a, a full-fledged Jedi, and stuff like that, but, you know, if you, if you ever want to have, like, a really cool time with both Clone Wars and Rebels, go to, uh, one of the episodes in, like, Season 3, it's the Battle of Ryloth, then go to Season 3 of Rebels and watch Cham Syndulla talk about that episode as if it was a war story. And talking about how Mace Windu, like, how he saved Mace Windu's life. And, what, and yet, Mace Windu saved his life. It's, it's, it's really fucking cool. Yeah, no, that, that, that stuff is great. Again, um, and now you just got me, like, like my, my wheels turning. Like, you know what I'd love to see in the Star Wars movie? Uh, you, could, you could set this even, like, 
in like the years and years and thousands of generations before any of these stories take place, after, side story, whatever, where someone comes across, like from the Jedi Order, they come across another Force-sensitive person who's been Force-sensitive their whole life, and they've been honing it in their own way, but not according to the Jedi Code, so it's wrong. And then they start having their, like, throughout the, the story, movie, TV show, whatever, they come to this realization that, like, oh, yeah, they're not a Jedi, but that doesn't mean that they're any less adequate of a Force user, or most importantly, on the light side of the Force. Just because they're not under the Jedi Code or Jedi Order, they're still doing good out there, you know? Kind of like a, a wandering Ronin samurai or something like that, but like less morally ambiguous. Like they're just they're just a good person doing good in the world. What would you say you're going to miss the most from Star Wars Rebels? You know what? I'm I'm gonna miss the crew. Uh, I I I really do miss the crew, and I I I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss the episodes like uh the episode where Zeb and uh Ezra go shopping. And they're they're not and like they're just not getting along and Hera sends them shopping and they become the best of friends. And just because they get into some mischief and stuff like that, you know, they steal they steal a Tie Fighter, they you know they blow up a whole bunch of stuff and then you know they save a couple of uh, a couple of people, you know, and it's it's pretty dope. I honestly wish more more little episodes uh, stuck out like that because I I like that one a lot too. Um, I I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm gonna miss the crew the most because. Uh, they they were surprisingly well-rounded characters, and they're all very likable. And I sincerely hope that we do get off side stories with them or comics or something, you know, because this show has a fan base. These are really great characters. Hera should be like fucking Liam Neeson and Taken, you know, like maybe maybe a stormtrooper takes her kid because they're like, what the f- you you crossbred the species? How'd you do that? And then mm-hmm. Hera could just like side eye them. And they're like, oh yeah, and then you know she fucking just goes. Wild and kicks a bunch of ass, or maybe Sabine. You know, you can follow her on her uh, journey, like before she goes on the hunt for Ezra with Ahsoka. You know, maybe she's still helping the Mandalorian settle some shit off world. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that if it, you know what, I I wouldn't mind seeing Hondo because I think Hondo not only in Clone Wars but also in Rebels was uh, one of some of my favorite episodes. You know what? I, I actually love Hondo, and I'm surprised I didn't talk about him at all. I, I really like that character. He's a perfect n- neutral. He's a perfect, like, just middle ground guy who kind of has a soft spot for the people who sometimes cross him, sometimes he crosses them. I, that's a really fun character. It, it was a great run. Uh, never less than, than quality, at least in my opinion. Um, I'll miss it dearly, and I'm happy it ended on such a strong note, and it kind of made the whole thing like pop out in like a like a big picture sort of way. So I'm happy with it. I'm very happy that Dave Filoni was like, I think I think four seasons is enough. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm gonna be so. selfish and be like, yo, but like, what if he just did five, <laughs> and round it out? But we're well, already stretching quality. No, 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 five. What about five. six? At that point, you're going to go, like, well, what about six? Yeah. Like, I, just, I just like following these dudes around, so. It's, it's, like, it's then, I'd, be... then I'd be complaining about them stretching the, the show even thinner. But then I'd be like, yeah, but at least I got six seasons, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I mean, to be totally honest, what everybody, what, what I originally thought was it was going to end with Rogue One. I thought that, too, and I'm very glad it didn't. 
I originally thought that they were gonna they were gonna lead into the Battle of Rogue One. Like it was kind of like, all right, guys, let's go, and like them getting on the ship and taking off, and then it's like the end. Oh, they would have fucking like that. That would have been like a neat fan thing, but then like, what is you have to remember what, like what it means for the characters though. So like, I'm exactly. totally cool with that. Yeah, and exact. But that's the thing though is that it, it would have been a really cool fan thing of like, oh yeah, we're going to go, you know. We're going to go to Rogue One and shit like that, but it's also like the idea of like, but wait a minute, this 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 entire show is about these characters, and Rogue One has nothing to do with these fucking characters. Yeah, like literally nothing. Like the it, most that they, like crosses over is like Leia pops up in an episode, Hera was there in the Ghost, and they use a hammerhead Corvette in an episode. All separate occasions. So. And, the ghost, and, the, and the ghost shows up in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And then also, uh, Bail Organa shows up for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's and I mean, but that's that's about it. Stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, last thing was that Jimmy Smith who voiced him too? It was Jimmy Smith. Yes. Okay. Because I always want more Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith is so good in, in as, as Bail Organa. It actually, um, it it it, it says that uh, Jimmy Smith takes R two. In uh, the Ahsoka book. Oh, interesting. It actually says that uh, Jimmy Schmitz takes R2-D2, and that's why Leia has him and, like, is able to send him. Oh, that's nice. And But the the main thing is that when Jimmy Schmidt, uh when R2-D2 uh, meets up with Ahsoka, because Ahsoka looks for um, Bail Organa, she sees R2. R2 hasn't gotten his memory wipe, so he knows who Ahsoka is, and lets her on Jimmy Schmidt's plane, like huh. his ship. And oh, like she just and like she, she he's able to, he unlocks everything and like lets her in and like fucking Bail Organa's like what the hell happened like where was the security and then he looks at R two and R two just like backs away <laughs> and like leaves and he's like I knew we shouldn't we should have wiped his memory. <laughs> uh, all right, well that that's it for Star Wars Rebels forever. Absolutely, it was uh, uh, it was a fun time. Thanks for talking with me, Nick. Where can other people time. find you online and in person? You, you can you can find me on uh, the Waffle Press. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook and on the uh, uh, Facebook with uh, if just look up Nick Valero and Twitter if you look up the Nick Valero. What about in person? In person, uh, I mean. What's your address? Uh, What's your social? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you my address and my social. You, uh, we're at we're at Undercity every so often. So uh, if you if you happen to pass by, let the guys know. Uh, let, tell them that we sent you. But your address is what I no. asked. What? Give them your address. You can so find me at d e double g o waffles on Twitter dot com and follow the Waffle Press. Like, subscribe if you didn't like this video. Like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. Check out all the other stuff we're talking. We'll be talking some more Pacific Rim soon. Some independent films for Kirk. And uh, some more retrospectives coming your way because we're just about to launch the rest of our Hannibal Lecter retrospective. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Diego's address is... I know what we have to do now. One last lesson.